0: Stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. We're looking today in the book of St. Luke, chapter number 14. We're going to begin reading with verse number 15. It says, Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said, Jesus, Jesus said to him, A certain man gave a great supper. And invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me. Excused. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Father, I pray once again today, Lord, that the anointing will rest upon the message and upon the messenger, Lord, today. God, I pray, Lord, that you will give ears on our heart today, that we will hear your word. God, once again, I pray that we will not just hear the word of God today, but God, I pray that we will, Lord, we will put the word of God into practice, uh, Lord, in our everyday lives. Father, let your will be done in this service for your glory, we ask in the name of Jesus. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated. This morning. Well, today we are going to continue our series that I'm calling Pearls from the Parables. We're looking at some of the stories or the parables that Jesus told. He told these to illustrate his teaching and his ministry. Well, today's parable is the parable of the Great Supper. So let's do a little digging and see if we can find some pearls from this parable. We need to understand this morning that this parable illustrates the rejection of Jesus by the Jews and the inclusion of the Gentiles because of it. That is the main uh, meaning and emphasis of this parable. But I want us to dig into this this morning, and I want to call your attention to five things that I see in this illustrated story. The first thing that, that, that we see in this, mo- this story this morning is we see the invitation. And the invitation is found in verses 16 and 17. Jesus said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at suppertime to say to those who were invited, come. For all things are now ready. So notice, first of all, this morning, the invitation. And I want us to notice two things about this invitation. And the first thing is, it was a generous invitation. A generous invitation. In verse 16, it says that this man gave a great supper. Turn to your neighbor and say he gave it. He didn't sell tickets to the supper. He didn't uh, charge a fee for the supper. He didn't ask for donations uh, from the people when they got to the supper. No, no. He prepared a great supper, and then he made it available free of charge. The Bible talks about another great supper. It's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. How many understand that God is preparing this great supper and oh, he has issued a generous invitation. A generous invitation. You see, the price of this supper has already been paid in full. It was paid for by the blood of God's one and only Son, Jesus Christ, on Calvary's cross. Not only was this a generous invitation, it was also a general, a general Invitation. Verse 16 says that many were called. And not only were many called, but before the banquet hall was, was totally full, the invitation went out to any and it went out to all. Regardless of race, regardless of, of, of rank, and regardless of role. And the good news is this morning, so it is, with the invitation that, oh, that you and I have been invited to, and that is of the marriage supper of the Lamb. It is a general invitation. It is a, an invitation for any and all. John 3.16 said that God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son that whoever would believe upon him would not have to perish but would have everlasting life. Aren't you glad this morning that we are a part of whoever? Aren't you glad this morning that we have been invited to this incredible, incredible supper called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb? God's call of salvation, his call to the marriage supper is a general call. It's, it's open to Jew and it's open to Gentile. It's open to the rich. It's open to the poor. It's open for the black and it's open for the white. It's open for Republican and for Democrats. And one of those groups needs it more than the other. You know what I'm saying? All right. I'll let you decide which one is which. All right. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9 says that the Lord is not willing that any should perish but that all would come to repentance. In this parable, a man prepares a great supper and he sends out an invitation to all saying, I have prepared a great supper and you are invited and all you have to do is come. I've done all the work. i provided all the food. I've covered all the expense. All you have to do is show up And eat. But notice what happens after the invitation. After the invitation comes the indifference. Notice the indifference, verses 18 through 20. But they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. Who in the world would buy a piece of ground without looking at it first? Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excuse. Who would buy a laboring animal without, first of all, seeing what kind of labor they could put forth? Still another said, I have married a wife. Well, now that one we understand. I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. But that's a flimsy excuse as well. You know, I mean, it's only a supper. He could have left his wife at home for a while, or surely it was also an invitation for his wife as well. I want to suggest two things here about the indifference. First of all, I want to suggest that there was no appreciation for the effort of the host. There was no appreciation for the effort of the host. Of the host, hey! This was a big deal. This was a great supper. Much effort had been put into it. This, you know, this this wasn't done on a couple of card tables with metal folding chairs and paper napkins. No doubt it was very elaborate. No doubt it was very eloquent. No doubt the food was the finest. Possible. And yet those receiving the invitation reacted with indifference as if it was no big deal, as each and every one offered flimsy and ridiculous excuses. And the second thing I want us to notice here, and that is there was no appraisal of the cost of this event. There was no appraisal of the cost of this event. This was a great supper. Uh, it, it hadn't been. It wasn't catered by McDonald's or Taco Bell. I mean, I mean, this is a great supper. The host had, had spared no expense, and so it is with the marriage supper of the Lamb. There is little appreciation for the effort of our host. There's a lack of appraisal as to the cost. Of this event all. We understand the cost as our God looked all over heaven to find the purchase price of man's salvation. And he found it in the life and in the death and in the resurrection of his one and only son Jesus Christ. God went to elaborate and costly extremes in order to be able to offer salvation to any and to all. And to be able to invite everyone to his marriage supper. And invite them free of charge. I say today that you and I who are going to this supper must be very, very careful lest we too become indifferent about our invitation. We must not allow ourselves to underappreciate and undervalue this blessed event that we are one day going to enjoy. And do you ever even think about the marriage supper? Do you ever even uh, dream about it and think how awesome and how incredible and how wonderful and marvelous that this event is really going to be? Can you even imagine what it's going to be like to sit down with great men and women of the Bible? To sit down with people like Moses and David and, and Joseph. Some of the greatest men of God that ever lived. Oh, men like Paul and men like Peter and men like James. Oh, and sit down with women like Mary and Martha. Oh, and sit down with great men of our day like Billy Graham. Oh, can you imagine what it's going to be like to sit down with these great people? And most of all, to sit down with the the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. To sit down with the main attraction, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Wow. It's going to be an awesome and incredible time. And yet the sad fact is Most people in our world today Seem totally indifferent when invited To this great supper Not only do I want us to notice the invitation Not only do I want to notice the indifference The next thing I want us to see here Is I want us to see the indignation The indignation is found in verse number 21 It says, so that servant came And reported these things to his master And then the master of the house Being angry said to his servant go out quickly into the lanes and streets of the city and bring in here the poor the maimed the blind and the and the halt notice two things notice first of all their anger or their attitude angered the host their attitude angered the host he wasn't very happy about their indifference to his invitation he had spent much, use, spent much money. He had, had went all out for this great supper. And he makes it available. And he invites them. And he invites them free of charge. And not only do they not come. They have flimsy excuses for not coming. And it angers. It angers the host. Let's read about the parallel. Romans chapter 2 verse 5 through 8. Paul writes and Paul says, but because you are stubborn and refuse to turn from your sin, you are storing up terrible punishment for yourself. For a day of anger is coming. Oh, we don't like to talk about that these days. We don't like to talk about an angry God. But Paul writes and he says, You are storing up terrible punishment for yourself. For a day of anger is coming. Turn to your neighbor and say, a day of anger is coming. For a day of anger is coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will judge everyone according to what they have done. He will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good. Seeking after the glory and honor and immortality that God offers. But, say but. But he will pour out his anger. There's the word again. He will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth, and instead live lives of wickedness. Yes, God is a God of love. He's a God of love. But although God has a great love for sinners. Psalms 7 and verse 1 says that God is angry at the sinner every single day. You see, man's continual sin, man's constant disobedience to God, angers God. Now, God withholds His anger today. But the day is coming The day is coming We read it already We read it right up here When it said a day of anger is coming Yes it seems like It seems like God is withholding his anger today But the day is coming When God will no longer hold back his anger Notice the second thing about the indignation of this man in this parable their attitude caused him to abandon them. He turned away from the first invited guest and turned instead to others to invite. And this is a picture of Israel rejecting Jesus and the invitation of Jesus being given to the Gentiles. Here's what we need to be clear on this morning. Listen, hear this clearly. The only reason why this man abandoned the first invited guest and turned to others to invite is because they refused his invitation. Don't make this man out to be some bad person or bad man. The only reason he stopped inviting them and invited somebody else is because they rejected his invitation. Hear me very clearly this morning. People who don't make it to the marriage supper will be the people who were indifferent to their invitation and refused to come. And hear me clearly this morning. If you go to hell, if you go to hell, it will not be God's fault. Well, I don't know how a loving God could send anybody to hell. Well, a loving God doesn't send anybody to hell. If you go to hell, it will not be God's fault. He invited you to salvation. He invited you to his supper. If you go to hell, it will be because of your indifference to his invitation. Notice the fourth thing that I see in this parable this morning. And that is, I see the intensity. The intensity, it's found in verses 21 through 23. It says, so that servant came and reported these things to his master. And then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. So the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Notice two things here. First of all, he told his servants, invite those inside the city. Invite those that are inside the city. Now we're going to come back to this one in a minute. And then after he told them to go and get those inside the city, then he told them, invite those outside the city. He's pulling out all the stops here. He's revving things up, man. I mean, he tells them, go get the people, man. I mean, go everywhere. I prepared the supper. I I provided the food. Everything is ready. Go get the people. Let me talk to us today for just a moment. Let me make this very, very personal today. And let me tell you what I have been hearing in my spirit lately about the grace place. And here's what I've been hearing in my spirit for a while. We're doing really good on this one. We're doing awesome at inviting people outside of our city to the marriage supper. We are doing incredible. Every single month we send out a check to over 80 missionaries around the world. And we join hands with missionaries all over the world to touch our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our church has given over one and one half million dollars to missions the last ten years. Our goal is to give $200,000 to missions this year alone. We're really, really good at this. We're really, really good at investing our money into missions. uh, Oh, and into ministries and into missionaries outside our city. What I'm hearing in my spirit is we're doing very poor. We're doing a really poor job at inviting people to the marriage supper who live in our city. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Jesus told us here that that, that we should go into all of the world and invite people to salvation, that that we should go to the entire world and invite people to, to the marriage supper of the Lamb. But he said we should start in Jerusalem. For those receiving this writing at the time, this was home. Jesus was saying to go into all of the world but start at home. Go into all of the world but don't neglect all your own world. Don't neglect your own home. When Jesus, I find it very interesting that when Jesus delivered the Gadarene demoniac of all of the demons, 6,000 demons that Jesus delivered the Gadarene from. And immediately when this Gadarene uh, was delivered from these uh, demons oh oh, immediately he wanted to join oh the traveling ministry of Jesus he said Jesus let me go with you man let me go with you man I'll go to the ends of the earth with you Jesus I want to go with you I want to be a part of your traveling ministry but it's interesting what Jesus told him do you know what Jesus told him Jesus said go home Go home. Mark 5 and verse 19. Jesus said go home. Go home to your friends and tell them. What great things the Lord has done for you. Lately the Lord has been speaking to me about home missions. Been speaking to me about our own city. And our own neighborhood. Now hear me clearly this morning. You know my heart. We will not neglect the world. We will not slow down. We will not ease up on world missions. But we're going to increase and sharpen our focus on our own city and on our own neighborhood. It just so happens that as God has been speaking to my heart about this, somebody shows up out of nowhere, at our church, who has a ginormous passion for local outreach. I don't think that's a coincidence. Someone who not only has an incredible passion for local outreach, but someone who has much experience in this as well. Where are you at, Dahlia? Come on up here real quickly one up here real quickly this is Dahlia Burwise Dahlia Burwise Hello. I don't know the entire story all I know is they were living in New York and God told them to come to Texas <laughs> seemed like we just could have but anyway didn't know what they're supposed to come to Texas for. weren't all about it. They kind of looked around, didn't really feel everything. And then they come in here and felt at home. And then we got to talking with her and gotten to listen to her and hear her heart. And then we checked up on her. <laughs> and when we checked up on her, her former pastor said, this girl is a superstar. And this girl has... A heart for, for, outreach. for outreach. She has a heart for outreach. And so you know what? I have appointed her as our brand new outreach director. And Dahlia Dalia is going to find, we're going to help her, but she's going to find people in this congregation that have a heart for outreach. And she's going to find those people. She's going to assemble, assemble a team. And, and she's going to train that team. And she's going to, with the help of that team, going to plan events. Amen. And we're going to do some outreach. We're going to do a couple of big ones. And we're going to do a bunch of little ones and some medium ones. Amen. And we're going to do our part, amen, to touch our community for the gospel of Christ. Thank you, Delia. God bless you. At the end of the service, Delia is going to be right back here at this table back here, and if you have a heart for outreach, you need to go back there and introduce yourself to her. She wants your name and your and your phone number and your credit card. No, I didn't say that. Uh she wants to to get a to know you a little bit so that she can get started in this process. Thank you, Delia. If you have a heart for outreach, please go by her table and meet her and fill out a form giving her your name and number so she can follow up with you and get this ball rolling. And understand that this won't happen in a day and it will not happen in a week and it will not happen in a month. This will be a process. This will take some time. You see, I believe that there are people in this church who maybe you don't sing, maybe you don't play an instrument, maybe you don't have teaching skills, or maybe you do, but like others, you have a heart for the lost. You have a heart for the hurting. You have a heart for the poor. You have a heart for the needy. See, I want us to become more intentional in outreach. And hear me this morning. Please, please hear me. Outreach is not for everyone. Outreach is not for everyone. Just like ministering on the worship team is not for everyone. If you can't sing, it ain't your place. Please don't make us tell you it's not your place. Outreach is not for everyone. Just like ministering on the worship team is not for everyone. Or teaching or or preaching or platform ministry is not for everyone. And I forbid... I know how things work I've been around the block And I forbid those who do not I forbid those who do get involved in outreach To look down on And throw their little nose up in the air And make those who do not get involved Feel less spiritual Because they do not get involved I forbid that You see we all have a ministry We all have a ministry But not all ministry is alike Find the ministry that best fits your gifts and your talents and your abilities. Find the ministry all oh, that your heart man just drives you. Find that ministry. You see, you see the Bible says that some give and some go. Some plant and some water. And some throw fertilizer. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Some give and some go, some plant and some water, some teach and some preach. Oh, some are great worshipers like Mary, but some are great workers like Martha. You can put down Martha all you want, but I'm going to tell you, after they were through worshipping, I am sure that everybody in that house was glad Martha had fixed some dinner. You see, everybody's needed, and everybody's got a place. We are caring people, caring for people. And because we care, we're going to develop an outreach team that will reach out and help care for the people of our neighborhood and of our city. And notice I said help do that. We're not the only ship afloat. We're not the only game in town. We're not the only church. We're not going to reach Arlington. It's 380,000 people. We can't reach Arlington. We're not going to help everybody, but we can help somebody. We're not going to reach everybody, but we're going to reach somebody. We're not going to do it all, but we're going to do what we can do. Amen. And Delia is going to lead the charge. She's got a heart for it, and she has the experience. Talk about the intensity right now. the man in this parable said to his servants, "Invite those inside our city, call the poor, call the main, call the blind, call the halt." They obeyed and they reported back and they said, we've done that. And yet there's still room at your banquet. Uh, Oh, He said, then go outside of the city. Oh, He said, go to the highways and go to the hedges and compel them to come in. Oh, listen, this morning I believe that Jesus is coming and I believe he's coming soon. I believe that we are running out of time. I believe that the the time of the marriage supper is quickly approaching. Uh, Oh, and all of the seats at the table are not yet filled. May I tell you that it is not a day for fussing. Oh, it's not a day and not a time for fussing over personal preferences like style of worship or whether the pastor ought to wear a tie or not. It's time for us to rev up our intensity to reaching the lost. It's time the church stopped making it about them. It's my seat, my parking lot, my ministry, my program. No, it's about reaching people for Jesus. And it's time we rev up our intensity for reaching the lost, the lost that are inside our city as well as outside of our city. Somebody said it like this, what centuries have left undone now crowds the hour of setting sun. Friend, what we do we better do quickly and we better do it with much intention and much intensity. And the last thing I see in this parable and quickly this morning, I want us to notice the intolerance. And that's found in verse 24. The host said... I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Write this down this morning. Grace despised is grace forfeited. Grace despised is grace forfeited. Understand this this morning. The rejectors will be lost. The rejecters will be lost. John 12 and 48 says, But all who reject me and reject my message will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth I have spoken. So those who willingly and defiantly reject Christ's invitation of salvation and his marriage supper will be lost and will not be allowed at the table. But not only will the rejecters be lost, but also the neglecters will be lost. Hebrews 2 and 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? See, there will be people in hell that, that reject Jesus. They, 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 they openly and blatantly put their fists in the air and, and, and blatantly and openly uh, reject Jesus. But let me tell you that hell is also going to be full of people that simply neglected. Neglected. How shall we escape if we neglect so great? salvation. Those who began to neglect their salvation and their personal relationship with God will begin to drift. The writer of Hebrews said it in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 1. He said, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard. Why? Lest we drift away. I don't know what you believe. But I personally believe that a person can lose their salvation. Now, hear me this morning. It's not as easy to lose your salvation as some people believe it is. And it's not as hard or impossible to lose it as others believe. But if you neglect your salvation long enough and you drift far enough, Man, in this parable was emphatic. None of the rejecters or the neglecters. None of those who who either rejected or neglected my invitation will be allowed at my table. Here's what I do know this morning. Our salvation is not a game. Eternity is a very long, long time. In fact, time is gone because it's forever and ever and ever. In light of eternity, our salvation is something to take very, very seriously. Here's how I look at it I'd rather be oversaved than undersaved. I was talking to a man one time who believed in absolute eternal security, unconditional eternal security. I don't believe that. I believe I'm secure as long as my faith and trust and hope and confidence is in Christ. I'm secure, I'm saved. But I believe that if I have my free will, that I, I have a will to accept or reject Christ, if I have my free will to accept him, then once I've accepted him, I still have my free will and I can walk away from him if I want. I can't imagine the Lord saying, I know you don't want to be saved, but you go. You, you, you said the prayer, you did, you're in. You're at, no, I don't care what you, you're you in. can't imagine. But I told that gentleman, I said, you know what, we're still brothers. Still brothers. But you know what, if, you, if what you preach is wrong, I can't imagine the consequence. If I oversave you and I'm wrong, <laughs> we're still saved. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but oh when I think about eternity and I think about hell, oh I don't know about you. Oh, I want to know that I know that I know that I know that I know. I want to cross every T and dot every I. I wanna know, Amen, that I my name is written in heaven and that I'm going to have a seat at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. Worship team get back in place very quickly and quietly this morning. Here's our takeaway for today. Jesus is preparing a great supper for us. He wants us to invite others to his supper. And we must not let anything keep us from being there. Would you stand with me in his presence today? Father, I just pray today that you'll take this word that has been spoken today. Lord, I'm not talking about my little sermon that I put together, even though I worked very hard to put it together in a way that can be understood and something that can be taken home. But I'm not talking about my little sermon. I'm talking about the true word of God that has been spoken here today. God, take your word today and let it do its work in the heart and life of your people today. Jesus name, As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning. Nobody is looking around in this room this morning. I must ask the question today: Are you ready for the marriage supper? You have been invited to the marriage supper. You have invited to sit down with Jesus for a meal in heaven. You've been invited. Have you accepted the invitation? To accept the invitation is to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed all over this room this morning, if you're here today and you'd say, you know, I'm not 100% sure that I have a seat at the table at the marriage supper. I'm not 100% sure. Well, you know what? If you're not 100% sure. That makes you 100% unsure. Wow, I wouldn't want to be unsure about something like that. So if you're here this morning and you're not 100% sure that you have a place reserved for you at the marriage supper, that you're ready for heaven, but you want to make double, triple, quadruple sure today, you want to know that you know that you know. If that's you this morning, I want you just to lift your hand. Let me recognize somebody's lifted their hand. Lift it up. Wave it at me. Make sure that I recognize someone's lifted their hand. I'm not going to call your name this morning, point you out. I just, it's a little dark and I want to make sure that I see you. So wave it at me if you're here this morning. I don't see any hands. This must be the saved crowd. The saved crowd comes to the early service. The party crowd comes to the second. <laughs> your heads are still bowed, and your eyes are still closed all over this room this morning. Are you here today? And you say, Pastor, you know what, I think, I think I've allowed myself to drift a little bit. I may have not drifted all the way away, but I think I've drifted a little bit, and I want to get a handle on this this morning. I, don't want, I, I want to stop drifting. God bless you. How many others? Just lift your hand. I've drifted a little bit. Thank you. How many others this morning? Lift your hand. Thank you. God bless you. How many others this morning? I wonder how many would be honest with yourself and God and say, you know what, Pastor? i kind of been neglecting my salvation. Been neglecting some things. I need to make... My salvation, my priority this morning. I've kind of been neglecting it. Can I see your hand all over the room? Please lift them up. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty all over this room. God bless you. Father, I thank you this morning, Father, for these that have lifted their hands this morning for different and various reasons, God. God, I just pray today. Lord, these are exciting times. These are incredible, incredible days. These are incredible days for the grace place. God, you are doing unbelievable, incredible, miraculous, marvelous, wonderful things in our church. And we are so excited and thankful. And God, I thank you, Lord for, the, Lord, for the direction that you're giving us for the future, Father, Lord, as we continue, Lord. Lord, to hear your voice and continue, Lord, to do more for your kingdom. And Lord, we understand that the bigger we get, the more that we're able to do. And God, the more, responsi- Lord, the more responsibilities are placed on us as well because we have more to do with We love you, we worship you, we praise you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.